Happy Halloween, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Dead Talk Live. Today, we are joined by Drew Lighty, Haley Greenbauer, and Ron Sloan, cast and stars of 13 Fanboy. The guys, thank you so much for spending Halloween with us. How are you all doing? Of course. Doing great. Doing great. Oh, my Thanks God. Thanks for having us. And for those of you guys that are guessing who Drew is, he is Thor, Pandemic Thor. That's right. Uh, So I think that costume is great. Exactly. Uh, Guys, thank you so much. Um, So, like I said, thank you so much for spending Halloween with us. And let's just get started right away. You guys all appear in Deborah Voorhees' 13 Fanboy. And I think it's great that we got the three of you because the three of you do not actually have a solid connection with the quote-unquote, Friday the 13th, uh, what's the right word, franchise, the original franchise. You guys have done different stuff. Well, Ron does. Wait, wait, wait. Friday the 13th, part five. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry about that. Friday the 13th, part five gets missed because it's not Jason. So I apologize for that. But actually, Friday the 13th, part five, as we had Deborah on here uh, a week or so ago, is one of the most popular ones out of the franchise. Even though it wasn't Jason that was doing the killing. So kudos for that. It's just that for some reason, the fans wanted Jason back and they did it in Friday the 13th, part six. They went all Frankenstein's monster on him and brought him back with lightning. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so I want to start with Drew and work across the panel. Let me know how, first of all, you heard of this project and how did you become involved in it? Um, Well, I was first, let's see, I had finished Never Hike Alone and Deborah called me, or Vinny called me saying that Deborah Voorhees wanted to talk to me. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, she wants to, she wants to talk to you about a project. And I was like, all right, cool, give her my number. So uh, I spoke with Deborah, and it started out as um, kind of vague at first, but then all of a sudden, like slowly, she started saying, I've got so and so on board, um, Vin's on board, we got Judy's on board, and just like Tracy's on board, just kept evolving. So I, I think Deborah might tell you something different, but I think I was one of the first ones to hear about it. I just don't think that the story had really been built yet. I think the idea was there, but the whole plot line, the story wasn't put together quite yet. Okay. And that was probably about like, I mean, four months after we finished Never Hike Alone. So I would say like four years ago. Wow. Wow. Deborah said that it was, uh, it, I mean, it was a while ago for it, you know, to get it done. Haley, how about you? When did you first hear about this project and how did you come on board? Um, yeah, so I actually first heard about this project, honestly, like, like I would say 2000, we filmed the Indiegogo 2018. I think or so. 2000, 2018. Um, so I actually got a random, like, out of nowhere email from Deborah Voorhees. And she was like, hey, I got your information from Vincent Pisanti. Um, Will you want to audition for this Indiegogo campaign, essentially. So I auditioned via Skype um, a couple times, and then I booked the Indiegogo thing that we shot in New Mexico. We did that for a couple of days, and she honestly just, right off the spot, was like, I want you to be Kelsey. 
you know um which and is I was like hell yeah which is the lead role in a way i mean yeah, I mean, yeah you got d wallace it's full of a of huge course. cast but you're like the lead role in this <laughs> i know i was like okay i'm totally down <laughs> you know um i loved working with deborah it was an honor to work with her and we clicked as a cast like just during the indiegogo um you know filming on in new mexico like those three days and I, it was just like, I think it was meant to be, you know, she was a, sorry, my dog's just running around. No, that's back. fine. That's um, cute. And um, so it was basically, you know, she said, I want you to be Kelsey, but of course, like I need to run it by a couple of producers and X, Y, and Z. Um, but, you know, I'm fighting for you. And it just kind of went from there. So nice. I was honored to be picked. Nice. Now, Ron, like you said, you yeah. were in Friday the 13th, part five, uh, along with Deborah. Uh, you know, you guys were both in that Friday the 13th part five. Uh, was it just a natural that she just called you one day and said, Ron, do you want to be a part of this project? No, it was interesting because Deborah and I have been at a number of uh, conventions together over the years. And it was about, I'm thinking four years ago, something like that. We we're at Horcon Weekend in Columbus, Ohio. And Deborah was all... Uh, before the convention, hey, you want to go take a walk? And Sure. Well, a walk to me is like a little stroll, go out, you know, something mellow. Deborah likes getting cardio. <laughs> so <laughs> long walk. And um, almost after the walk, she said to me, I wrote a small part for you in a film. Uh, I'd be honored if you, you'd play it. And I'd, well, sure. Well, about a year and uh, a half later, I get a script email to me, and I was on 27 pages of a 96-page script. And I was like, I told her, I go, uh, I'm not complaining. You said a small <laughs> part. She said, well, once I got to know you, your role got bigger. So it was over these last few years that, I mean, our friendship really blossomed. And uh, I'm very fortunate she wrote the role for me. That is so cool. Now we oh my God. now I have heard from many actors one of the hardest things to do is to play yourself. And Thirteen Fanboy is a is full of cast who are asked to play themselves. Uh, now, from you know, what was your thoughts on doing that? You know, uh, basically not playing a character with you know specific traits or whatnot. To some degree, we're not going to give away spoilers here, but Drew, I mean, when you read this script and you saw the majority of the cast is going to be playing themselves, using their own names, what were your thoughts on that? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I didn't play myself, so no. I, I I felt bad for them, and I was happy for me, I guess, in that sense. Because, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it is harder. Because you definitely have to... Um, you know, it's like everyone's got some sides themselves that they maybe aren't so proud of. And that's the, the scary part to bring to film. So in that sense, I was like, yeah, I get to be Chris. I get to be happy. And I almost am like, in a way, kind of trying to make it seem like I'm, you know, uh, a better boyfriend than I possibly am in a lot of scenes. And uh, so for me, it was a lot of fun. But then I'm sitting there with Ron and Ron's like, fantastic dude and i was sitting there i was like oh man 
Poor Ron. But then I watched the film. I was like, yeah. oh, Ron's great. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a killer dude, man. And uh, same with everyone else. I mean, uh, I did feel bad for them. There's a certain times where you're kind of like, I think for some of the women, probably more so than um, like Ron and CJ, uh, it's a little bit more scary for them because of the closeness that they get at some of these conventions with some of the fans. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they get a little bit more paranoid, um, especially after receiving certain letters like Deborah's uh, shared some stories with us. And some of those things are pretty scary. You yeah, know, she, and I, she shared it with us as well. And it is scary. I think, I think to share that personal side of you and to be that vulnerable and then actually have to display it on camera in front of whoever's going to see it, you know, it, that's, that's pretty nerve wracking. And then also not only that, but, to still be able to go to a convention after that has got to be even more scary for them, you yeah. know? And so for me being Chris, you know, I was, I was all poor. Now, now I'm Thor today, but you know, for someone like Ron <laughs> and everyone else that was like playing themselves, that's a little, you know, that's a little bit more uh, vulnerability than I would have been willing to do, but they, it, it was beautiful. I loved it. And, th and that's why I want to go to you now, Ron, you did play yourself. Okay. Uh, your character's name was Ron. You played Ron Sloan. Uh, how different was that for you to do as an actor? Is it as difficult as I've heard a lot of other filmmakers and actors say they can play a role, but when you ask them to play yourself, it's like a sort of a head scratcher. Well, the whole thing is, yeah, you're right. You know, playing junior and Friday the 13th was easier than playing myself as far as there are no limitations as a character. Um, but really playing yourself, nobody really knows you but you. So I'm not limited on who I am because there are things in this movie I don't do in real life. No spoiler alerts. Um, so it's interesting because I did see a side of myself and I'll fortunately playing opposite Dee Wallace she brought out a lot of things to me and our chemistry was beyond amazing. Um, it was a side of myself that I hadn't really seen because my buttons have never really been pushed that hard before. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty level-headed and I keep my, I don't get too angry too often. Um, she got me angry, but it was, our chemistry that, that did it in the film. It was just fantastic. Exactly. So for me to look back at it in the film, um, wow, it, it was pretty powerful. It pretty all powerful. clicked. Now, Haley. Beyond. Now, Haley, were you impressed what Deborah was able to pull off and round up the cast from prior Friday the 13th movies? that she did and then add people like yourself to it to mix it up uh that must have been impressive oh absolutely impressive you know um deborah like what i've learned from her in the last couple of years she's a force to be reckoned with you know if she puts her mind to it she's gonna do it she's gonna succeed and you know i'm so excited that it has come out now because it was like i know she put her heart and soul into this project you know, so I'm not shocked, you know, um, I'm impressed, of course, because she's an impressive person. So, you know, I was just honored to be, you know, for her to really put like 
just trust me with the lead, you know, because it's like her passion project and having her full support. um, It's a great feeling. So now you and D Wallace uh, are like the Mm -hmm. stars of the film. Uh, D Wallace, I believe is your plays your grandmother on the uh, Um, like pseudo grandma, pseudo grandmother. Yeah. On in the movie. Uh, what was it like working with, you know, the legendary D. Wallace? Uh, were you intimidated a little bit at first? And how was she to work with? Um, I mean, of course, there's like a, like a slight intimidation factor, you know, before I meet her. You know, but then you meet her and she's just like nothing but warm and welcoming. And I would say like I was more excited to work with her than nervous. You know, um, working with this, you know, horror legend icon and she's been in the industry for so long. Um, I was just excited for all the things that I could learn from her, you know, um, and it was an absolute joy to work with her. Um, you know, she really took me under her wing and we clicked. We have great chemistry and I felt like I've known her my whole entire life. Honestly, we're like, and cool. Now you're best friends with me. Amazing. <laughs> you know, um, it was easy. And it was, you know, um, Deborah picked a great cast. Yes. We really became a family on set. So. Absolutely. No no question about that. Now, your character, uh, Haley, is a self-defense instructor. Uh, yeah. What kind of preparation did you do to, you know, play a self-defense instructor? Did they, did Deborah give you, offer you any kind of training? What kind of mindset did you have to get into to play that role? Um, yeah, so I actually did a couple, um, like one-on-ones at Fortune's Gym in Hollywood. So I learned, you know, some basics. And then one of my good guy friends, um, he taught me, like we, I was already doing boxing, you know, like not for the movie at all. Like I was already like into that world, um, for like fitness, um, not like actually like sparring people, but you know, just cardio. Uh Um, I enjoyed it. Um, so I mean, it wasn't completely out of my wheelhouse. You know, um, I grew up in sports, so I, I feel like I just kind of jumped in ready for the, the challenge, you know, nice. hopefully it plays. Nice, nice. Now, Ron, you're also a producer. You're listed as a producer <laughs> on the film. Uh, we know IMDb is not 100% accurate, but clarify that for us. Were you also a producer in this film? Yeah, um, it was sort of after the fact um, actually I decided to be a part of it, uh, after the fact, after shooting, I was so impressed with everything. Um, I actually asked to be a part of the production. Nice. So yeah, I became one of the executive producers on the film, but it was after the shooting. That's fine. That's awesome. Uh, now Drew, you had, have had uh roles not in the official friday the 13th franchise but there have been a spawn of shorts done in in relation to friday the 13th uh fan films and whatnot i mean this franchise has spawned so many so much content out there it's amazing uh do you think that helped you in getting your role on 13 fanboy no, for sure. Yeah, if I didn't do Never Hack Alone, I would have been in Thirteen <laughs> Fanboy. <laughs> like no doubt. Um, I think I think it's more. It, it was. I mean, it Never Hack Alone and Thirteen Fanboy are similar in the sense that it took years in the making to like actually get both of them off the ground and get them running. Vinny and I like went and filmed out um, with a few other people like three or four years before. 
and we just completely scrapped the whole thing. And then four years later, we started doing Never Hike Alone. And right when Never Hike Alone finished, that's when I got a call from Vin, uh, who forwarded the message from Deborah to tell me that she wanted to do something. And that, you know, again, was like three or four years ago, you know, and I think that De- I think I talked to Deborah two years before we actually did the Indiegogo um, where we went out and filmed for three days and just made it like a quick trailer. Uh, and, but I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like without never hike alone, I wouldn't be sitting here having this interview or being able to meet like the family I made on 13 fanboy, you know? Yes. Yes. I thought, I mean, I don't say you wouldn't have gotten it, but being in never hike alone brought you to the attention. Now, as you guys said, this film deals with a very real undertone on some fans not being able to separate uh, fact from fiction, character from actor, and, you know, it's dramatized in this film in a really extreme level, but it's a real situation. It does happen. There are fans out there who don't separate the character from the actor, uh, Haley, how were there any moments uh, during this shoot and knowing that this was part of the message that Deborah was trying to get out there that made you feel uncomfortable? Um, I mean, reading the script um, is enough to be like, oh, that's scary. Um, you know, because with this day and age, like technology and social media, it's like everyone's tagging their location. So having stalkers or super fans, it's not the craziest thing, you know, Um, obviously taking it to this extreme, hopefully it's, you know, just stays in the movies. Um, But yeah, of course, there's moments where, you know, it is uncomfortable and it is a little nerve wracking, um, you know, but that's like the horror, right? Mm -hmm. You like bring in that suspense, you bring in that, like you ground that reality of like you're acting and you're like, okay, like this could happen, Um, you know, but I mean, hopefully it just stays friendly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, of course it's, 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 it's creepy. No, sure. I think like a lot of it has to do with technology. You know, like technology can be a really great thing, especially in certain situations when you're trying to find something. And then also vice versa, it could be a really bad thing. You know, like I didn't know, for example, it was just one thing. I didn't know Snapchat follows your location. Well, you yeah. know, when I Snapchatted my sister and she's like, you're sitting at home and it's 1 PM on your birthday. Are you hung over? I'm like, <laughs> How the hell did she know that? It's like, it's on your location on Snapchat. You know, it's like, so it really can be great in certain situations. It also can be really bad depending on how far you take it. And I think with the evolution of technology, it probably just played more of a role into all these cases that some of these final girls had to go into in real life, though. Exactly. I totally, mm-hmm. yeah. I totally agree. Uh, now, Ron, what was your feeling on this, having been in Friday the 13th Part 5 and representing a story about a stalker, somebody who's mentally disturbed, who we won't say who it is, but uh, takes it to a different level and actually starts committing murders and, you know, believes that Jason is a real killer well you know it's it's interesting because my very first convention like 16 years ago um i was approached by a fan the same situation that deborah had and uh it was pretty fearful um 
as far as being by myself and a fan saying, wouldn't it be cool if you died in real life the way you died in the movie? Well, I'd be decapitated. No, it wouldn't be cool, but have a nice day. Um, actually, even uh, at the screenings that we had, there was a fan I had seen uh, from another state at a convention, and he was at the screenings. So, I mean, I found out, wow, man, this cat traveled like, you know, 2,500 miles to come and see the film. Yeah. And, you know, you can't help but go, okay, that's cool. A nice guy. Uh, don't get me wrong, but, you know, it does kind of go, wow. I'm yeah, but you, you don't know them. You don't know what's going on in their head, and that's the fear no. factor. No. Yeah. And, yeah. Crazy Absolutely. can be anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. It can hide so, in any form, and that's the that's the worst part. Is you know condition. what's nice is ninety nine point nine 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 percent. I mean, the horror fans are awesome. Mm -hmm. I gotta tell you, I mean, there's just, I mean, great folks. Uh, I, I dig it, you know. But I mean, this movie hits home. Uh, who was it? Uh, Adrian King. You know, I mean, she had a stalker in real life. She went to court over this. Oh, There's yeah. been situations. So this is this is scary. This is scary. And for Adrienne, to this day, uh, she is very careful on what oh, appearances God. she makes. Rightfully so. She's very careful yeah. on where, because it traumatizes you. It really makes you afraid. Now, moving on, Haley and Drew, you mm -hmm. guys were not a part of the official franchise. When you guys came into this movie and being surrounded by cast members that were in prior Friday the 13th movies, did you guys sort of like bond, uh, you know, as sort of when you first came on set? Were you kind of feeling like the outsiders? And then eventually everyone embraced you and brought you into the family. Uh, let's start with Drew. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think it's a pretty easy family to, to become, a part, become a part of, you know, especially when you do enjoy similar things. And not only that, but it's like everyone that was on set with us and that I worked with, at least, um, just cared. And that was like a really important part. And I think that's an important part, not just to films, but to like friendships and relationships in general is that you want to find people that you're surrounded by to care, you mm -hmm. know, whether you're caring for them, but it's got to be mutual, you know, and I don't, I don't think there's someone that I cross paths with, paths, paths with on set that didn't care, you yeah. know, they're all there for a reason. They yeah. want to make a good film. And that was a big thing with, um, never hike alone successes. We didn't have a lot of people on that set, but they all cared enough to like, go outside and do more than just what they're there asked to do. Exactly. And same thing with like 13 fanboys. Like, you know, I think my first day there, we had to move from one Airbnb to the next, but it wasn't like anyone was like complaining or bitching about it. Everyone's like, yeah, fuck it. Let's hop to the next uh, Airbnb and we'll get shooting as soon as possible. And everyone just picked up. It didn't matter whose belongs it was. It was like, oh, pick it up and we'll move it all together. That's awesome. And, and it just helped. It helped this momentum move into what we were actually trying to accomplish and to become a part of that it was not hard to fit in all you had to do is pick up some bags and just work 
and that was that. And that is so important. The chemistry that is done behind the camera, everyone really caring, not just seeing it as another paycheck, but caring yeah. about the project and putting everything they have into it. That translates into what the viewers see on screen. Do you agree with that, Drew? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, well, I mean, the, I think one of the things that, uh, <laughs> well, here's, here, okay, so here's the story is that uh, one of the scenes we were filming, Haley was yelling at me because she had to get really into a depressed state uh, and would be crying on film. And so she had to get into that mindset. And I'm on the other side. And I'm, I, if you've seen it, my character for the most part has pretty fun little scenes. So I was kind of just that way all around set. And so I think I was singing uh, some song while Opera I was Opera or something? No, it was that uh, Angel Celtic song. I can't remember what it's called now. But anyways, uh, or Celtic Angel song. In the arms of... <laughs> that one. An angel. And I was singing in the bathroom. I just hear Haley from like two rooms over. Drew, shut the fuck up. And I was like, uh-oh. You know, but at the same time, like there's a mindset for everyone in the production level is it's like you don't want to waste a second of production's time. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the cool part, too, is that we're able to sit there and banner out these moments and like really get into it. And like what Ron was saying with D is like, yeah, they, there's times where like they went at it. But at the same time, that's how like close we all were, is that we were able to do that. And then you flip the script and the next scene might be like something completely different we were able to do that just as well well how close we were now Haley, how about you was there any kind of intimidation factor coming into a cast of former friday the 13th uh members um i mean more excitement honestly um i remember like really shortly after meeting everybody i I remember ron was like oh like tell me about all the conventions and like the experience and he's like well you know you're part of the family now like and that's really how I was welcomed in to the movie and to the cast. And I didn't feel like I was an outsider at all. You know, it's just very much like, hey, like, you know, Deborah speaks very highly of you. And we all just had like a, like a pizza night kind of like before, like the first day of shooting, you know? Um, and we all just got a, oh, you weren't there, I don't think. Bye. Oh, thanks. The invitation <laughs> must have gotten lost in the mail. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I that. saved you a slice, Drew. I saved you a oh, slice. I nice. still have it. it was more of like Give a potluck, Drew. The food was great. Um, just I, I like food, too. Uh, but like yeah, pizza you know, food. Um, it, was, it wasn't intimidating. It wasn't like any sort of like, oh, like you were never in a Jason film. It was like, you ready to do this project? Welcome. Let's like, you know, work our asses off and make a really cool film. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how it was, you know, the whole entire time. Nice. So we nice. got lucky. Now, Ron, the the film came out October 22nd, if I'm correct. That's nine days Mm -hmm. ago. It's still brand new. But uh, what are the uh, reactions you were hearing from the fans, if you're getting any so far, on what they think about the film? Well, so far, at least personally, everything's been really positive. I mean, I really feel like we hit a home run. Um, You know, I haven't really seen any negativity towards us. I think uh, the horror community has been kind of starving for something like this, uh, especially with the Friday the 13th folks, because of the whole lawsuit and everything over Friday the 13th and all that. So this was a a pretty good, tasty morsel for them. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I have, I've only uh, read maybe five or six reviews. I've had a lot of uh, instant messages or um, things on Facebook, just all positive. All, I mean, and it, it made me feel good. And you're it's, right. You know, you, you, it's hard to see yourself, you know, um, and judge. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with how the film came out. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy. I mean, in a strong cast. I, you know, Haley and I got to work together in a scene, uh, which is not in the film. Oh yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. And I, uh, and it's so funny because uh, it, it's so it's it's just we had a great chemistry together. Uh, D, you know, and this is just going back to something you were asking before the shooting. That party that I was at that party with Haley. Uh, I'm assuming it's the same party, but when I yeah. arrived. Uh, he was sitting there, and I walked up to her, and I, I introduced myself. I, I said, D, I'm, I'm Ron Sloan. I play your husband. She's all, oh, hell, I better get to know you because we have to sleep together. <laughs> that, I love D. She's so funny. That was a bedroom scene. Again, it's not in the movie, but there was no sex. It was just her comment that was just, it broke the ice, and she's we have just such a wonderful relationship that is so she was cool. hilarious on that i that, mean that is so cool now like ron just said we as fans have not had any new friday the 13th content since 2009 now that's like 12 years and counting uh so when like the shorts never hike alone are released people embrace them there are a lot of fan films and now we have 13 fanboy which is not an official friday the 13th movie but it gives us that taste back of jason Voorhees, the cast and bringing it together um you know i gotta ask you Haley, were you a friday the 13th fan before you took this project on um i mean i was definitely aware of the franchise you know i think everybody in the world is aware of jason um but I won't lie, like I didn't, I wasn't like the, like I wasn't like a die hard fan um, by any means, but I always loved him at the end of like the haunted houses with like the chainsaw. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I always embraced him for sure. But I, I, you know, I didn't see all of the slashers um, up until after like being cast in really after filming, you know, because meeting all of these people, it was like, it made it way more fun to watch them you know, and watch, see them in the movies and everything like that. And it yeah, it a it's like seeing scary. like a best friend. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, watch out. You know, oh, no, dad, you're like, your eyes. It's Shit. like that Leonardo DiCaprio, and uh, it's a, there's a meme out there where he's in uh, Wolf of Wall Street, and he's sitting there drinking his drink, and he's like, there he is. You know, and it's like, that's what you see whenever you watch one of the movies now. If I see Ron, I know him. You know, it's like, oh, it's so much better now. It makes it a lot more... Uh, it really brings it back that sense of family that we all had in set, I feel like, every time you watch exactly. a film now for us. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. Drew, you have done, like you said, Never Hike Alone. You have done previous Friday the 13th associated content. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think 13 Fanboy is, you know, what the fans need right now? 
to at least start rejuvenating interest in this franchise to maybe someday once the lawsuits are completely settled we can actually get a new movie back on the screen well i don't think the interest has ever needed to be rejuvenated i think it's always been there right i think uh the fans are just creeping up waiting at the movie theaters for the next one to come along so i don't think that was ever a case but i do think it gave way to more storytelling in a sense that you know once uh, we did never hike alone once we did that it was like we had more fans that came out there and they want to put their own spin on it which i think is really cool because it gives you it gives everyone in the franchise that loves the franchise an opportunity to see what other ideas might be able to be out there and how they play out yeah. or once you start watching it and you like maybe you'll watch one you'll be like like if you watch never hike alone you might be like well this could have used more kills well that could play out differently in someone else's head and maybe that's like what comes next you know and so I, I think it maybe doesn't uh, rejuvenate rejuvenate the energy or anything, but it does bring a sense back to like where it all came from. And I yeah. think that's what 13 Fanboy did really well is that it took us back to more of like the storytelling of when Friday the 13th was being made and when they had all these really successful parts going through and Halloween and everything. But if you look at Halloween now, I just watched it the other night and I was like, oh, I kind of miss that like old way of storytelling mm -hmm. where it's it's a little bit more played out into each character rather than just going and playing out to the killer. Exactly. And I think that's kind of what's cool with that 13 fanboy does is like I was worried before I won't lie that there's so many alumni and characters all in this one script. How is Deborah mm -hmm. going to do this? But the way she did it happened to do it justice to all the other Friday the 13th in the past, you know, like, yeah, this is how they did it. This is their formula. Well, you know what? I'm going to stick to that same formula. And do that with all of my characters that I brought back. And she did a really great job at it. She did. Now, Haley, what did you feel of how Deborah really made all the women characters in the movie really empowered them? Strong women. You being the, the head of the pact, I would say, out of all of them. Uh, what did you think of that aspect? Um, honestly, that was one of my favorite aspects, you know, because I had a lot of friends ask me, like, you know, when they found out I was going to be in a horror film. They were like, oh, no, like, are you, do you die? And, like, like, do you go into the basement? Like, you know, just like that, like, typical slasher, you know? And I was like, actually, no. Kelsey's a badass. And <laughs> yeah. it made her so much more fun to play. And, you know, I feel like Kelsey truly has so many different layers with her, like, honestly, PTSD and her trauma and everything that she has going on in her life. Um, it, like... I like I Kelsey doesn't run, you know, she gets pissed off and she, mm -hmm. you know, and she goes and Yeah, but she like I, stands up. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm not going to I'm not going to leave. Like you're out of your goddamn mm -hmm. mind, you know? Um so I really do love how Deborah brought that like empowering women, you know, um and I feel like, you know, me like outside of Kelsey like I always watch those like films and I'm like, wait, no, don't go into the basement with the chainsaws hanging on the, like the wall, yeah. you know, and it was, e it was easier to play and more realistic. And I felt like my character was more grounded, you know? Exactly. So it was nice to really, you know, dig my boots in and kind of kick some ass. And so. personally, I mean, uh, oh, go on. there's another cool thing too, that there's also like our lead investigator, Deborah Sullivan, who's uh, Adam Marks's wife. You know, that's another woman that's in charge of the police department that's looking into Kelsey's case during this whole thing and Dee's case. And that's another, like, leading woman that you have in this whole mix 
of a bunch of final girls who are not really so much final girls. They're more like badass women. Let's exactly. And I'm yeah. glad that the industry sure. is finally over the last several years going in that direction. Well, not only with bringing on more women uh, filmmakers, which is desperately needed, but to try to get rid of this stereotype of a woman in a horror, uh, she's either going to be, oh, no, the Scream Queen, which got late, you know, that label started in the late 70s and 80s, to now women okay. standing up and empowering themselves just as much as the men are in these horror movies. Mm -hmm. Now, that brings yeah. me to you, Ron. Uh, you have been doing horror for a long time. Now, from like <laughs> Friday the 13th Part 5 to 13 Fanboy... What are some of the biggest changes that you have noticed in this genre? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, when thirteenth, uh, when Friday Thirteenth Part Five came out, as you know, it was panned, and so it was more of uh, you know the copycat killer. And I mean, I I saved a couple clippings of write-ups from Variety and the Hollywood Reporter back in the day that happened to mention the uh uh I, I, I can't remember the exact quote something to do with the the ham hillbillies next door or something along those lines and i figured you know any review is better than no review at all you know you mentioned um uh it, it's kind of interesting now because i i think there's it's more of a seriousness, you know, uh, Friday the 13th, well, in part five, you know, I was comic relief. In, in this movie, no. there's the only comic relief, maybe two clips, one with Carol Locatell, who played my mom. We have a little kind of a little, quick little scene at a convention and you can't help but laugh. It's, it's a memory, it's a good memory. Yeah. And I love, I got to tell you, I love the scene with Kane, uh, Kane Hodder, when he is talking with Jennifer Banco. And I, I got to tell you, I, I don't know Kane personally, except for just meeting him at a convention fairly recently. Um, I think just what he, he pulled off was really deep, really great. And I loved not to give any spoiler, but geez, he's, he's talking to uh, Jennifer and she's crying and yelling and he's all, hey, you don't have to yell, I'm right here. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. it's funny. It broke up this heavy energy and it really showed a really delicious um, emotional part of Kane. And, you know, as you guys know, Kane was Jason. Jason. And, For a yeah, long time. Of, right? Yeah. So, to see the human side, he's awesome. And Jennifer did a great job. As well, yeah, absolutely. I met Kane, like, back in the 90s at a convention, uh, right after, you know, when he started appearing as Jason. And he is a very busy guy. He's coming out with movie after movie. And not only did uh, Deborah bring Kane, she brought C.J. Uh, Graham, who played yeah, Jason in... Part six. I I met CJ for the first time this past May. Now both these guys are big guys. Okay, uh, you do not want to mess with them. Uh, so Haley, let me ask you this question: What was it like 
working, you know, with two of the most popular people that played Jason Voorhees? Um, it was an honor, you know, um, to be, to be honest, though, I actually never met Kane, um, cause we had different shooting schedules. I, like I was in New Mexico, but like, we just didn't cross paths, unfortunately. So I'll have to meet him eventually, maybe at a convention or so, but I did work pretty heavily with CJ, um, Graham and he was amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, he would give me pointers and stuff during the fight scene. You know, he was just like nothing but support. Um, you know, and I loved working with him. You know, we have like a little bit emotional scene where he's like following me to the hotel room, you know, so we were able to, you know, get like real and, you know, get a little like, you know, like Kelsey's doing some like PTSD, like panic attack moment. And, you know, it was great to work with someone who, you know, he wasn't singing in the background, um, <clears throat> Andrew, um, <laughs> you know, but, um, but it was great, you know, he was a joy to work with, truly, and I hope I get to see him, you know, hopefully we could all work together again, because that would be the dream. Now, uh, Drew, this, you know, one of the reasons what makes 13 Fanboys so good, in my opinion, is the plot twist oh, within the plot oh. twist, okay? Now, of course, uh -huh. we're not giving away any spoilers, but when you first read the script and you got to the third act, uh, what do you think of Deborah's plot twist? I liked it. I mean, yeah, no, I knew <laughs> when I read it, I guess. Yeah, because I knew I knew it was going down. But uh, I think the great part, too, is that it kept you on your toes because it's not like you have no idea where this is coming from, you know, and that's the scary part, I think, for all these women that have had to deal with it before is like where where is this coming from like they have no idea and um so i guess in that third act you know it it, it does solidify it a little bit but then at the same time you, you know if you're being aware of everything in life like there's that's just one perpetrator that you're like stopping but there's definitely gotta yeah. be more people like this one person out there you know and that's a scary part and yeah. i think that's a scary part for a lot of people that are going through these things because it's not just the final girls but you know women women in general got to deal with this and uh and a lot so of this film bring is, a little bit of light yeah a lot of this film is a is a whodunit they're trying to figure out yeah, who yeah. it is who's doing all this yeah uh and you know and that you're putting your feelers out there to figure it out but at the same time when you're in the audience and you're watching it or you're reading it too like you're sitting there you're like He's sketchy. He's sketchy. <laughs> She's even kind of sketchy. Like, I don't know, you know? And so that's the great part about it. Is it, it leaves this huge question up to the audience until you get to that final piece in the picture. And that's like what it brings it all back, brings it all back together. Exactly. Now, Ron, uh, Corey Feldman is in this movie. Now, Corey is uh, Tommy from Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter and Friday the 13th, Part 6, played by Tom Matthews. Uh, very popular character in the franchise. What did you think about Corey Feldman uh, being in 13 Fanboy, but not playing himself? Oh, you know, I mean, uh, Corey was really great in the role he played in the film. Um, I, I, I think he was uh, very comfortable with it. Uh, he had a lot of fun with it, and so you could you could take his part 
and actually seeing uh, a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. Corey, you know, so it's not just, I mean, we all know Corey has a different, I mean, I met Corey 16 years ago, uh, and he definitely played a character in 13 Fanboy different than himself. So there was a, uh, definitely a versatility there. Um, so, yeah, no, I thought he brought an interesting uh, character to the film. And uh, something, I love the scene between Drew and Corey. I mean, it's it, it got me laughing pretty good because, you know, you never think of Corey as just some little guy. At least I never thought of him that way. Uh, I never thought of that at all. And then seeing him standing next to Drew, who... Uh, don't don't let this go to your head. I'm not. You're, you're uh, an Adonis uh, compared to Corey. Uh, uh, just seeing that scene, I'm you know, feeling good on Halloween now. You know, he, he looks just kind of like a little mousy guy compared to, I mean, it was pulled off beautifully and that's where the casting was great. And so, he brought a lot of comic they did, relief. They did a great job blocking it too. Yeah, and yeah, he, he definitely did. He brought a lot of comic relief to the movie as well. Now, as you all three mentioned, the film it, it really spent a long time getting it together and put it in, you know, finally going into production. I'm sure at some point each and every one of you must have had doubts if this thing was ever going to see the light of day. Haley, what can you share with that about that? Um, yeah, I mean I think we all did at some point. Like I knew like Deborah is very like driven and I knew that like the thing that made me hesitant and worried was the pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, nobody was expecting that. Um, and so I think that's when I started being like, Ooh, like I know we wrapped, but like the whole industry right now, is kind of like up in the air pause, like nothing's really going on, you know, when theaters were closed and, I was just like, whoa, what's like, what's going to happen? You know, so I think, you know, <laughs> with everybody in different fields, we all kind of were, you know, wondering what was going to happen next, you know, 2020. Dun, exactly. dun, dun. Um, but I am really happy that, you know, it finally came out, you know, it was a long time coming, but it was just a lot of love and, you know, passion behind it. So I, I'm thrilled that it's out. I know Deborah is and everybody else. Now, Drew, uh, how prominent is horror for you personally? Are you a big horror fan? Oh, I love it. Um, but, you know, like, I think horror's got so many mini genres in it that it's kind of hard to say that I'm, like, a true horror fan because I don't love all the different genres. So Neither that, do like, I. I. You know, and I just kind of, like, I guess my, my whole thing's... Uh, I'm a big fan of psychological thrillers. I really like true crime, even though those, those aren't necessarily horror. But, like, I just finished watching um, the first two documentaries of the West, West Memphis Three, which mm -hmm. is really great, too. Uh, but, like, I I don't know why I just love really dark tales, whether they're tales or not. They're true or fiction. Um, true or fiction. Right? Is that right? Uh, or nonfiction, yeah. But uh, you're so cute. Anyways, <laughs> I, I just I do like I do like horror. But what I'm trying to say is that Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, 
those were never really on my radar, I guess, uh, until I did Never Hike Alone. And then that was when, you know, I, I had to study. And that became like a point in time for me where it was like, well, shit, slashers are a lot better than what, you know, I had mocked them up to be. Because to me, it was always just like, a brutal massacre for yeah. people that had like really no meaning to it. And that was only because, you know, maybe... <laughs> sorry, my dog just walked in dressed as a taco right now, but uh... <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like what slashers were to me. This is how she walked in. Oh, so... my God. <laughs> but, uh, too cute. you know, it was, <laughs> it's like, once I sat down with people who were part of the film or someone like Vinny, um, who just is such a lover of Friday the 13th and all um, Halloween, uh, all the slasher sort of films, that's when I came to understand the passion behind it and how important it is to not so much tell the story, but perfect each scene. Because it's like any tiny mistake that you might make or timing is like very essential to every kill. That's like where, that's where it becomes a big part of the story. Yeah. Uh, so you can you, you might read something you know I might read a script and I might be like, well you know this is this is cool but this is unbelievable but then all of a sudden you go and watch it on film and it changes your mind completely and you're like oh yeah. no this this is nuts like this yeah. is like a kid's worst nightmare um, and I think that's that's like the best part about it is with that the sh- movie I was just watching West <clears throat> uh, West Memphis Three the documentary it's called. Uh, Boss or fantasy loss or something like that. Mm-hmm. Paradise loss is what it's called. At the end of the first one, the man who stands on trial says, "You know, I'm going to be known as the West Memphis Boogeyman. Kids are going to look under their bed looking for Damien, and he's ends up being, you know, taken off death row. He's now a free man, and to tell that story." But watching the first documentary, you look at him as a bad guy. Yeah. And that's kind of like what the feeling is when you watch some of these scary scary movies and scary films like Freddy Krueger, for example. Like, I had nightmares of the Boogeyman for the longest time because of Freddy Krueger, you know? And it's all about the timing that the directors and the production team put into each kill and each scene. And then also the actors, the timing that they put into each each yeah. of their characters and to this day the, the first nightmare on elm street is scary as hell that movie is scary oh the yeah first one it, it's it's terrifying yeah. now Haley, yeah. uh we're almost out of time mm-hmm. but now that you've gotten a taste of doing a horror movie is it something you would like to do again you would seek out oh yeah absolutely um you know it's fun like i loved watching the special effects artist like just it's art you know what I mean and just like seeing what they do behind the scenes too because I was like the house we were staying at like the special effects makeup artist was like staying with us and so she was like prepping it the night before prepping like the weapons and everything and I was like this is so cool like I did I've never been around anything like that like you know I've did like some like college you know horror film where they would just kind of like throw blood on me as I was stabbing but like I've never had like like the tubes and the dummies and everything else and like it was cool um you know and 
I would definitely be open to doing more horror films. Of course, you know, I hear the fans are, you know, passionate and loyal. And I think those are two great qualities to have in a fan base. Yeah. You know, um, horror fans so are the I best. Be, they are the best. They yeah, are loyal. Be more excited for it. Yeah. yeah. Now, how about you, Ron? I'm gonna meet some. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was gonna. Oh no, you're good. I was just saying, I'm excited to to meet because I'm going to Dark Fest in Mm -hmm. London um, with Deborah, and so that'll be like my first like convention sort of at all, really. Oh, so you never actually participated Mm -hmm. in? Oh, that's gonna be an experience. I know. I'm excited. It's game time. Oh, that's gonna be an experience. You're gonna love it. I've had people message me on Facebook being like, hey, and Instagram, hey, I, I live in Ireland. I'm going to meet you in London. I'm so excited. I'm just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. You know, so, yeah. I mean, yes, I'd be honored to keep, continue to do horror films, you know, because why not? It's fun. You it's make absolutely family, so. fun. And in my opinion, it's probably the most popular genre out there right now. For some reason, oh, especially on in this scary ass world that we're living in today, the real world. You would think people would be turning away from horror. No, they are turning more towards horror to distract mm-hmm. themselves. It's, a, it's an adrenaline rush. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. You know, it's like it is an adrenaline even rush. we get off with a scene, we get done with a scene, and like certain scenes, and yeah, and maybe not my character Chris in this one, for example, but like <laughs> you get done with a certain scene, and it's like you're still high off of this adrenaline rush that you just experienced for the past two hours of filming, like a. Yeah, well, maybe a two mm-hmm. two second two minute part that goes on screen, but to us like that takes a lot of energy, and it also is one of those highs that you don't really get. You only get it naturally. Yeah, and so to be able to take that and then go into the next day or something like that, it's, and it, and then to see the audiences react to it, it means a lot more once you get that reaction than it does actually in the moment. Maybe you know, exactly. It's worth. It's worth it. That's actually the fun part, like watching, going to the uh, the screenings this last uh, weekend, the audience's reaction. That That's, I mean, uh, I love hearing, you know, whether it's screams or, oh, no, you know, that's just the good stuff. It puts but all the work that you put into it, it makes it worth it, you know, to bring that mm-hmm. entertainment to the fans. Guys, we're out of time. I want to thank you all so much. For our viewers, please check it out. The movie is called 13 Fanboy. It's available on every major transactional platform like Amazon, Vudu. What, four? Is that what you were um, saying? Apple TV. Yeah. Oh, that's one three. One three. 13 Fanboy. 13 Fanboy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's on, it's on Amazon, it's on Apple TV, it's on Vudu. Anywhere you normally rent or buy movies, it's available. You won't be disappointed, especially if you're a fan of the Friday the, uh, Friday the 13th franchise. This is awesome. It has a great plot twist that one day I'll be able to talk about with the cast here. But, you know, <laughs> who knows? I, I so want to say, but I can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right, guys. I'm th- sorry we, to we see can you review. We, we, why don't we do this? We can all come back. We can do like commentary yeah. on the movie and then have a QA after. So that way we've watched it all and then do the QA after and we all talk about that it. That sounds awesome. In fact, that's how I watched it with my team. Deborah was nice enough to get me a screener and I held a watch party with my team. And we all watched it together. 
and that was pretty fun. It was nice. pretty awesome. I want to thank you guys again so much for doing this. Enjoy your Halloween. Of course. Uh, thank you. I hope the movie is... Thank you so much. I, I see no reason why this movie is not going to be a big hit. It's only been out for nine days. As word of mouth spreads, it's going to gain more and more momentum. It's going to be a big hit. Congratulations to all three of you. And I definitely hope to talk to you guys again. Uh, thank you. I want to thank our audience for tuning in today. Enjoy your Halloween. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Thank you to Drew Lighty, Haley Greenbauer, and Ron Sloan. Everybody. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, it is my thank pleasure. You. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Awesome. My Happy pleasure. Halloween. And uh, stay Happy safe. Halloween. And guys, stay walking. Till next time. <laughs> Bye.